seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless soul, with Aaron and Rohit, whoa. It's a hopeless soul, with Aaron and Rohit, whoa. Welcome to episode 37 of The Hopeless Show. Aaron, this is our first ever episode that's not taking place in the year 2020. It's crazy because 2020 was this year that everyone said would be, is was like the worst year ever and can't wait for it to be over. And uh, 2021, had about a week of it. It's been a doozy. Yeah, man. It's it's I am morbidly curious about what else type of what other types of carnage are in store for us in this year based off of just how it started already. And that's well, I think, look, in this episode. And we've gotten a lot of feedback from last week's episode and Alec Baldwin and we want to get into that. We might have to wait till next episode to dive more into uh, a lot of feedback from that, which has been great. But uh, there's really one big topic that is going to be a major, is really the theme of this episode, which is democracy in America and what has happened in the first uh, week of this year. And what something that's never happened in this country, as we all know. A little positive and a little negative, though, from the news from the quarantine before we dive into what everyone what's on everyone's mind. Um, first, New Year's. I got to say, because for those who don't know, Rohit and I are also good friends besides making millions of dollars doing this podcast. <laughs> uh, and so we, you know, socially distanced outside at his uh, lovely uh, shack on the hill of in Los Angeles of for New Year's. And it was actually a really, it was one of the most fun days of 2020 into 2021. I think we went to bed around what, around 12, 15. So we had like 15 minutes afterwards. And yeah, it, it was, it's, it's nice to remember those positives, I think, as we go into 2021, when you can have fun in a safe way with friends and eat some good food, watch fire, watch illegal fireworks, and uh, dance a little, maybe get some Soul Train going. Just play some games. We played, you know, a little few games. Think just good old fashioned fun. I appreciate it more than ever. So, so you know, I hope going into twenty twenty one, we we preserve and love those moments that we have even more so because they do exist, even if they're few and far between sometimes. Yeah, and then it's one to, other it's up thing to us to make them those moments. By the way. Because no one's going to give them to us. We Just like we started cooking at home, we have to make our own moments of positivity too. But anyway, you were just saying. We do. And, and you know, I thank you for making that evening a safe, beautiful affair. Because it yes. was uh, definitely one to remember. Yes. Even it, if we might forget a few pieces. Yeah. And I'm still hungover. And it's been a week. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, so then I have to just give a shout because um, I'm going to tell a quick story if that's okay. 
Sure. Uh, a legend of my entire life passed away. Tommy Lasorda. Probably the most famous and iconic manager, at least of our lives. Um, a manager of the Dodgers for, um, man, it must have been like 40 years, something like that he was manager, but he played for the Dodgers before. And then he's also worked in the front office after. He was a member of the team for 70 years. And he passed away. And my person, one personal story, because I hosted this sports show, co-hosted it uh, for Cox TV a number of years ago. And I had an interaction with Tommy. And I just want to tell that as a memory, because this guy was eccentric, crazy. His stories, whenever he'd tell stories, everyone would listen because, one, they were vulgar beyond belief. Really? And, oh, man, his mouth was like... Yeah, every other word was like was was awesome, and <laughs> and then the words that were good were it was just he was a really a character, and uh, so in, we're in the the Vince Scully press box cafeteria, and that's where we'd go to get food and to hang out and talk to the other people who were covering the game, or going to interview people after the game, before the game. And in the fifth inning, there's a tradition up there where you go and uh, where they bring up Dodger dogs for everyone for free. They bring a tub of them up. And I would always be, you know, try to get them right away. And then I'd usually go back into the stands or go somewhere else, go into one of the photog wells, take pictures, just have fun because it's it was kind of a dream gig. And so... Uh, I'm in line. Tommy's in front of me because he usually was also first in line for Dodger dogs. He was up there all the time. And so he's in front of me. We're waiting for that bin of dogs to come with the buns and he, the dogs come, but the buns haven't come yet. And he says something to the effect of where are the buns? I need the buns. And the woman says, we're just waiting. They're going to be a minute, Mr. Lasorda. And he said, I don't have time to wait for the buns. And he reaches his hand into the tub of Dodger dogs, grabs an entire 12-inch Dodger dog, and in one full bite, just yomp, 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 he eats the entire dog, Kobayashi style. <laughs> Dude, he straight, he straight went Pac-Man. He went Pac-Man and just ate the entire dog and I looked at him and said, that was impressive. And he looked at me with that sly smile and said, now I'm ready for the buns. <laughs> <laughs> and then so the ridiculous. buns came out and he made, he put made a plate of like three more Dodger dogs and left. And I was just, I, I wanted to say so many more things, but I was so mesmerized by, you know, this man was always conscious of his weight, always conscious of his health. And, he was a pretty fat guy, but he like did Weight Watchers commercials and stuff. So yeah. that's my Weight story. Watchers in shambles right now. Yeah. But, yeah. So that's my uh, little homage to Tommy, the, really an ambassador to the game, an ambassador to sports, and and a a, a legend to say the yeah. least. Rest in peace, Tommy. Yeah, he's you know growing up, you know, his child in the eighties when I first discovered baseball as a kid. Tommy Lasorda was the manager you knew. Um, yeah so he was he was the guy yeah so so yeah let's lead us in now to uh yeah so 
I think we're going to spend the majority of today's episode um, really just breaking down the storming of the Capitol that happened on January 6th of 2020, the sixth day into the new year. And I also know that there's, you know, there's a, a segment of this episode, you know, where we're getting into to some debates. And actually, I feel maybe some of those will come into play. So depending on how this goes, we might just blend them into the show or we may have them after. But regardless, this is going to be a nice spirited discussion. Um, oh, yeah. Now, now, just to kind of do a quick recap, I'm sure everybody in here has not that's listening has was not in a coma. It isn't just waking up and not hearing about any of this. But to quickly recap. You know, you had thousands of protesters that took to uh, the streets and the, the, the lawn of Capitol Hill, um, of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., and many of them decided to go beyond just hanging out in a lawn protesting, and they decided to break in and then get violent and get crazy and turn into absolute lunatics <laughs> inside the place where our senators... And our House of Representatives and all you know, all state representatives, where they do their jobs, and they were doing their job that day to formally ratify President-elect Joseph R. Biden as our next yeah. president of the United States, and that means they go through a long process where each state certifies that the electoral votes are fair and equal, and um, this is how many votes each state gives, um, and they had the intention of disrupting that process. So. Now that we're all caught up, let's start talking, Aaron. What yeah. is your reaction? I so I'm sorry, it's sorry. Right. Before you get there, your reaction, we are recording this a few days after. So that the dust has started to settle a little bit. So this is this episode is not meant to be an immediate reaction, but really just sort of taking a look at oh my god, now that we started to see things, you know, how they've played out. So yeah, just for context how, for the listeners. Yeah, how they've played out and how they might still play out because yes. what I think we will talk about more later is this is not over. Uh, it's it's it keeps just beginning because uh, there's new lows um, that keep getting hit. We've now hit a new low for our country period with this, uh, like the, the lowest of lows. I mean, it's, it's hard to say because, you know, the, with Jim Crow slavery, there's, our country has been a flawed place for since it started as it, I mean, it started with a coup with a takeover of sorts. So this, our country is a, a mixed bag of uh, good and bad to begin with. And people are, have debated it and discussed it forever. And will continue to, to try to make this American experiment work because it's still an experiment as we are seeing before our very eyes. Uh, for, I'll, I'll, can I give a little personal experience of just what yeah. I saw that day? Absolutely. Um, I had a whole day planned that was not going to be just watching TV the entire day and uh, following this stuff and tweeting and, I mean, doing whatever. What can you do except watch? Um, and I'll get to uh, some of these tweeting things that happened again. For me, it seems like they always happen, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, you're on fire, man. I know I had a couple crazy ones, but what I saw, I was actually watching with my dad and we were watching kind of laughing at the Trump rally. What, while this was going on, because 
here you had these senators and congressmen saying he's no longer president, going to be president. There are a few of these radicalized, to me, they're instigators. They're a part of the, the problem. Uh, we're going to say that the election was rigged, which isn't true. It's fake. It's false. Not true. Anyone who says it's true, you don't ever need to talk to me again. You're just come back to me when you realize it's fake. And, uh, and then Trump was holding a rally promoting all of those falsities, including at the end where he said, we've got to fight. He said the word fight for our uh, democracy, which was really fighting for him to be a demagogue and take over uh, the capital and to take over. And my dad and I were laughing because we we're like, this is ridiculous. And there'll be security there and they're going to shut all these people down. Lo and behold, there wasn't for, there wasn't anyone like there wasn't proper security. There wasn't a fence around the Capitol for this big day where everyone knew in advance Trump was going to do this. Now he went maybe beyond what anyone even thought he would do, but he did it. And well, I mean, there's so much hopelessness that went on that day and it was constant. It was a constant, constant low. Like we just kept seeing lower and lower moments, uh, things that I never thought I'd see. I think you'd say you'd never thought you see, uh, they show there's a picture going around on everywhere. It shows day one of his presidency and day 1,146 of his presidency. And day one is a proper inauguration with the incorrect crowd that he said was big that wasn't as big. And the second picture is the Capitol with like smoke and gunfire. And it looks like a true developing country would look like with a coup. Um, that's what I saw. There was hope at the end of the day. And then I want your, want you to dive all in. There was hope at the end of the day in that when Congress and the Senate reconvened later that day, which I thought was badass, that they said on both sides from Mitch McConnell to Mike Pence to uh, Nancy Pelosi to Chuck Schumer, all the leaders who these people, these intruders wanted to kill. They wanted to kill all of them. They wanted to get all of them so that they could take over. Maybe that's my opinion, but I, we'll, we'll get to that. And uh, they didn't do that. Congress did reconvene and they did, a lot of them, Republican and Democrat, McConnell and Pelosi re and Pence were furious about this, furious at Trump. And uh, that was where I got hope was that from both sides of the aisle, people, even these people who were his pawns for so long, they finally all united in going against this insanity. So that's my take on the day in a, in a real quick nutshell. Yeah. I mean, I think I have some similar takes, but I might, some of my takes might be a little bit different. might be a little bit hot. Um, first off, I, think that it was actually a rare show of unity 
from both sides and the floor in, 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 in you know i did get a lot of hope of that you know when they were it was super late on the east coast and they reconvened and then they were just you know pushing to get these you know these electoral votes ratified right to get the you know to get biden ratified and you actually had pence and pelosi leading that sort of visual charge up top and in a rare show of unity and especially it was really interesting to see mike pence break out of that sort of trump mold even just for a night Right. And he's the one that supposedly overruled Trump's orders to not bring the National Guard. And, and Pence then went and ordered the National Guard, um, which was very, which is a cool move. Now, this forgives him for nothing beforehand. No. Nothing. So I want this to be clear. What I also want to be clear, and I think one of the takeaways is that the right is super cringe when it comes to protest. And for a few reasons. One, um, I do think that there are a sort of um, some misunderstandings from the right on how to protest and why you're protesting. Now, I think anybody and everyone has the right in America to protest for any reason whatsoever, whether we feel it's legitimate or not. Once you take away the freedom of protest or once you decide what people can or cannot protest, then that is that becomes heading towards, you know, a place where people decide what speech is right, what speech isn't, which we're, I'm going to get to in a bit, in a minute. But the idea that these people were protesting the elections, even though I disagree with what they were protesting, they have the right to protest it. I also am not mad at them for taking it to the lawn and taking it to the outside of the Capitol building because they are taking it to the source of power. And as you and I know from our many, you know, our, our many sort of uh, pods about this. I truly believe that nearly every single elected official is an absolute rotten to the core human narcissist, with the exception of Bernie Sanders, Andrew Yang, and maybe Tulsi Gabbard. And then the rest, there's some middle gray area. Like I do like Joe. I, I you know, I'm coming around to Kamala. And then there's a whole lot of darkness. And I think a lot of people that are making decisions on our lives that deciding that, you know what, $600 is enough of a bailout for humans. That, that are, these are the people that, you know, that, that in the past, politicians are the ones that have played with people's lives. That it took all sorts of protest and revolts to get civil rights, to get women the right to vote, to, you know, and these are the same politicians today that are still upholding some horrible things like putting children in cages, like bombing hospitals and schools from one president to another. There's a lot of horrible things that are done by our elected officials. So I will always, always agree with taking it to their front door. Where it went off and where it went completely horribly wrong was that people felt it was okay to break in beyond the front door, to climb the stairs, to shatter glass, to attack Secret Service and officers inside, to go inside of politicians' offices, steal their lecterns, like they stole Pelosi's lectern, to literally steal her computer off of her desk. People were rubbing shit. They were literally smearing feces on the walls inside of the Capitol building. And there's, and not only that, they're, they're you know, they... While many of most of them didn't bring weapons because they want this to be a sort of, you know, they didn't want to like sort of instigate that sort of violence. They still instigated violence. They beat to death with a fire extinguisher. A police officer. This is coming from the Blue Lives Matter audience. They beat to death a police officer. And I think with a with with a freaking fire extinguisher. And I think you have what was supposed to be a gathering that they've they've been advertising hey listen we're going to protest the 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 election results 
I don't care. That's fine. You can protest honestly. I'm okay with you protesting that Teletubbies are real or that you even want people that look like me, an Indian man, to get the fuck out of the country. I don't agree with it, but you have the right to protest that. You know, I have no problem. I have a problem with the message, but I have no problem with you exercising your constitutional right, even if it's against me. And maybe that doesn't mean, but I'm a free speech, free speech extremist. If you say Rohit is the worst person ever and we're going to protest, go for it, dude. Great. Now, once you start threatening the lives and livelihood of those that are not part of the protest, you all of a sudden cross the threshold. And so I was like, I was just without like the rest of the country and the rest of the planet, like speechless, just watching this happen. And the the same people that are bashing the heads and, you know, of cops, the ones are the same ones that are saying, oh, you know, police, you got to support the police. And these are all people that are trying to convince police that they should join them in this protest. And some even did. They opened the barriers. They opened the gates. And so I think what this really boiled down they to. They took selfies with the protesters. They took selfies with cops, man. So what this boiled down to was not just a few bad actors. This was a few hundred bad actors in a, I believe the protest was okay when it was on the lawn. Because I disagree with it, but they are allowed to protest. And actually, there have been many, many. I know there's a lot of this. There's this whole sort of, um, you know, oh, we haven't had, you know, since like 1812, you know, we've never, or 1814, sorry, the British was last time the Capitol was stormed. That's actually completely false. Um, you know, the Capitol building has been bombed multiple times, including by the weather underground. There's a Harvard professor who opposed U.S.'s involvement in World War I. Um, in 1967, the Black Panther stormed the Capitol building with shotguns, rifles, and handguns, which actually then led to Ronald Reagan passing some of the California's first gun control laws. The Capitol building has been stormed before. But it does not need to happen. And it's shocking that this happens from the people, from the party of law and order. And I think that this is the greatest hypocrisy. And I hope people that vote Republican, people that call themselves Republicans, really, really look in the mirror. And because you have become everything that you hate, you have become every single thing that you've spoken against. And that's what I'm taking away. For me, as horrible as this was, as horrible as it was that an unarmed woman that was breaking into the protest got shot you know, by a Secret Service. I'm sorry, you broke into a government building with government officials and Secret Service. That was brought upon you, and I feel sad that an officer had to make that decision to shoot. I am. And I just want people to know that, to see that your party is just and can be just as awful as the worst that you see in the other party. And there's good people on both parties. I don't think there's a lot of good people that were storming this the Capitol. I really don't. Yep. Um, but this, this to me, I hope awakens people to the fact that you, your behavior is not something that is okay just because it's on your side doing it. Um, and this is from coming from a party. And I've talked to probably way too long on a diatribe for this. This comes from the same group of people that were upset at Colin Kaepernick kneeling or they were upset that some garbage cans, maybe a couple of cop cars were set on fire in Los Angeles or whatever during protests where people are, you know, really they're protesting because they feel they are targets for police violence. But this, like coming from this party that was so against all that to go ahead and do this was despicable. And people like Senator Hawley the fact that he still supported it, the fact that I, I'm just beyond words, man. Um, and as someone that, like you said, I generally hate every single elected official. Um, none of them deserved what happened to that. And none of them deserved to have this 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 place that was just um, 
a place where government is trying to happen and is trying to move forward for this to happen. So that's where I'm at. I hope it's an eye-opening thing for anybody that considers themselves a Republican and supporting, even if you do believe that the elections are unfair, is this really the way to do it? Um, so, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of what you just said is powerful and very true. I, man, there's a few takeaways from that. The people who I think do deserve it and deserve and should be removed and should be gone are the Josh Hollies and the Ted Cruz's and the Donald Trump's. These people incited this. They are part of this. They wanted this to happen. And uh, if you want, if you're Republican or a Democrat, you want to uphold the law. You want government to be on your side. You want different forms of it, and you might agree or disagree with different pieces of it, but you still, you're a part of a party. Or if you vote, you're a vote, you're a member of this country. You're a voting member of this country. You have to be able to also accept when something doesn't go your way. And when Donald Trump won four years ago, the next morning, Hillary Clinton conceded and said she lost. And that's it. And it's done. And she was there when he took the, the oath of office. All these people, every and this is a tweet that I made that got, man, I got a lot of hate again, but a lot, it was like one of those, like, like a million people saw tweets. And because I said, everyone I said from like Holly to Matt Gates to Donald Trump to OAN to Fox News to all these people who have said, who have let, who have spread falsities, spread lies for these last two months so that they could incite the violence and the domestic terrorism that happened at the Capitol. The blood is on their hands. The blood is on their hands. The blood is also on the hands of a man named Dan Bongino. And if you know, if you listen to this show, you know exactly who this motherfucker is because <laughs> he went after me for no real reason on his Twitter. And uh, this was in the summer, maybe. Wait, did you talk shit on him? And then. No, I just said that uh, I saw that Obamagate was trending and I said something like, what is this fake news Obamagate thing? Something oh, like that. Okay, okay. Okay, right, but you weren't directly addressing him. You were just commenting. No, I didn't even know who he was. Right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't even know who he was, and then he went out. He had a couple tweets about me, then all his followers. Then he blocked me so they could just come after me. My inbox was just flooded with hate and anti-Semitic stuff. It was bad. You know where all this started? Where this whole, like, idea to, to try to do a coup of the government started on a site called Parler, which is his thing. And Bongino has now, as of yesterday, I believe, been banned from, uh, from Twitter. So Aaron one, Bongino zero. I can still tweet dickwad. 
And it also shows that the blood's on his hands. The blood is on all of these hands of people who incited this. It starts with Trump. The blood is on his hands. He's the one who said, go fight. Go fight with lies. That's called a dictator. That's like what happens, what we hear about what happens in Iran, what happens in Turkey, what happens in these countries where they're overrun by coups and dictators. That doesn't happen in America. The parlor site has gone so far as to say that a couple of the little tidbits that have, where Trump's gone on and said uh, he's saying that the election will go forward, I mean, the uh, inauguration will go forward, even though he barely says it, he still doesn't acknowledge Biden or anything. They say, as of today, that's fake Trump. That's a, a robot Trump. They actually said it's like a robot or a, a animated Trump, like a CG Trump. That's not really him because he would never do that. And they're pushing these falsities. And so I'm going to go even a step further, I think, than what you said and say that we're a country of free speech. And sometimes it even leads to some riots, like targets getting rioted in my backyard. I'm saying this happened. I watched it happen. I watched the Black Lives Matter riots happen. It's not okay to do that. Destru like taking stuff from a target is not the same as trying to overturn a government and destroying the Capitol building. It is not the same. And, and that's the next. Yeah. And I just, yeah, and so, and spread it, and they, the, riot, the people who were protesting that day, and I was one of them, were protesting something that is true and correct and needs to be changed. The people storming the Capitol and going into the Capitol building we're doing it based on lies from their leaders who have blood on their hands. Sorry, what were you going to say? I couldn't agree more about, especially Donald Trump, OAN. You know, though they, they have the blood on their hands. They 100% they do. I think it's one of our just a quick question is, do you believe it was a coup or not? So I say, they say, you know, thousands of people stormed the Capitol. Then I say... It's interesting. They haven't said how many brain cells stormed the Capitol because <laughs> there weren't many. The If there was some smart leaders who wanted to do this, they could have done a lot more than they actually did. I mean, they found pipe bombs. They found uh, weapons. People were holding up their AR, uh, their automatic rifles in the Capitol building. So there were weapons, but these people are so brainwashed cultish stupid that they couldn't even pull it off but yes i believe they wanted to go in there and they want if nancy pelosi walked in front of them they would have shot her and and if you and they and if mike pence mike pence became an enemy so if mike pence walked in they wanted to shoot them today lindsey graham was walking through dullis and they tried to like like he had to have like 20 police around him in Dulles Airport so that he could get to his plane because now they want to attack him. Uh, they wanted to kill these leaders. And Trump said, go fight. Josh Hawley said, I want to fight. 
Ted Cruz, right before this happened, said, we're going to fight. There's no innocence here. And do I think it was a coup in a, in a deeply planned way? No, because if it's led by Dan Bongino in the parlor, these aren't <laughs> intelligent people who even probably really know what the word coup means. But do I think they wanted to try to destroy the government and overthrow it so Trump could stay in office? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if if that I, if, if they were attempting coup, they they did do a bad job. And yes, there were people that you know. There's even that iconic picture of the dude walking around with all the zip ties, like the zip braces, like like the zip arm cuffs. Yep. Um, you know, and he's walking inside, um, you know, one of the halls, and I, I, and that's where I'm. I think that this is where I'm starting to see. Um, I'm really starting to see some some debate happening. Um. There were people that never entered that were just out on the lawn that in their eyes, they were just and they were there protesting what they feel were illegitimate election results. Fine. And then there's people that then did. They brought weapons. They brought those zip ties that actually then broke into there. And I think that those people have to be treated separately. And, and I think those ones that did go in there, I honestly think they are literally the dumbest of the dumb and not excusing anything because there's a lot of dumb people. But it just goes to show how impressionable people are when they're God emperors and their uh, their news sources that aren't really real news are then um, sort of pushing them and agitating them. And here's the thing: people like Ted Cruz, like Donald Trump, and Dan Bongino, they weren't there themselves. Nope. They let other people do their dirty work, and they let them sow the chaos. These guys aren't going to get in trouble. Yeah, they're going to get booted off of Twitter, whatever. But like they, they, I think we're just trying to sow chaos from the leadership level, right? And the people that they really thought they were actually in the middle of a revolution. Um, so maybe it was, maybe it was an attempted coup, but probably the worst one. I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's like trying to, th- I don't know, spit into the wind. They weren't getting very far. And if it really was, I think a real coup, with the amount of firepower that come from a lot of, you know, right wing people and just like they could have actually they could have stormed that White House and literally taken it over without a doubt with just the amount of firearms and all these the weapons. And they didn't. And so I don't know if it was a coup as much as it was um, just a bunch of people that were pawns, idiot, really stupid people that were pawns for people like Trump. Um, and I do firmly believe that Trump was instrumental in this and he knew that this was going to happen he like he's he's he uh, and so i think that there is so i don't know if it was for me a true coup or not it was a really shitty one if it, if it tried to be it was a um, dumb person coup yeah and, and it's you know i guess we kind of agree there because it was I, it was a dumb person coup it also shows I like people can change a little and, you know, obviously change is good. People's mindset changing is good. Our country has changed a lot. Even uh, to me, President Biden, I'm not even calling him president elect. I mean, he's the freaking president. He's the guy that we not for another week. I know, which is a problem, which is a huge problem. But he is when I want to look, we'll get to him in a minute. But he's uh, I think keeps showing uh, why why he was elected. Uh, the other thing with these people, I guess I disagree with you a little bit. 
so many of the protests that have happened on the Capitol were based around truth that was warranted and needed to happen to progress, progress the country. This was people who don't even know what they're standing for, who were worshiping a cultish demagogue, a stupid cultish demagogue who is just in it for his own ego. And you're right, they have the right to go to the lawn and protest. The difference is this wasn't for change. This was for our country to go to not be a democracy anymore. And so when it comes, when you're not protesting something that is based remotely in fact or remotely in something that means anything beyond chaos and beyond trying to please one person's ego, and I'll give an example, then do you really stand for anything? Are you just fucking stupid and based in a, a deep hearted evil? And an example, as you said very eloquently and how sad it was, the policeman who got beat by a firearm. These are the exact same people who were saying blue lives matter when the Black Lives Matter protests were happening. And the Black Lives Matter protests were so that African, the black people and minorities could have the same rights as white people but they thought the cops were on their side. So when a cop isn't on their side, all of a sudden the cops are bad and they kill one with a fire extinguisher. So do these people stand for anything? Do they on the lawn actually stand for anything or did they listen to their demagogue, evil man, tell them to go fight at the Capitol, which is exactly what he did. And within 30 minutes, they were at the Capitol fighting. And yes, some people didn't, physically fight, but they were all part of this mob that made this happen. And there were thousands of them on those steps, waving flags. And as you said, like free speech is great to a point. When you're trying to, in, trying to uh, channel Hitler with uh, like someone at a Camp Auschwitz sign on, and they don't like you, they don't like me they like one type of white person. What is that? What does that remind you of? Adolf Hitler. So when you're starting to get to that level, you have no place in America or on that Capitol lawn. And that's my opinion through and through because they're not even standing for anything. Yeah. They, they're, I mean, I think what they're standing for is heavily misguided and it's, it is, it's pretty fucked up. And I think that what it gets, what it really, honestly, what it really comes down to is people are fucking angry and their anger and their hatred and their rage really came out in the ugliest, ugliest way. Um, and, you know, I, st I mean, still, there's been, you know, close to a dozen attacks on the Capitol. Um, and I can't view the rest of this National Geographic historical uh, recap of them because I'm not a member and I don't want to pay. Um, and so I can't scroll down the rest of the page. But, but nothing's happened. In, nothing's happened like this ever to this extent. I mean, in 1998, gunmen shot two Capitol police officers in the Capitol building. Yes. In 1983, it was bombed. 1971, the Weather Underground bombed the Capitol building. So things have happened. Right. Things have happened for protesting the Vietnam War, protesting Korean War, or like people where I think that, you know, they're, they've happened before. Not to this none extent. None of them were right. Not to this extent. Not to, 
not where thousands of people just waltzed in. And also that's never, a question, just never, waltzed yeah. into the Capitol building yeah. and tried to hurt, um, individually hurt and destroy the Capitol building and the people that are in office. That's yeah. never happened before. Waving a Confederate flag in there. Confederate flag has never been waved in that building ever. And it should never have crossed that doorstep. So it's, it's yes, these there's a lot of fucking racists that were in there. And there's a lot of people that think that their way of life is being challenged. And therefore, all the black people and all the liberals that were protesting all summer last year, well, this is our turn. But no, dude, you guys did not do anything similar. You did not. So, yeah, this was, I think, in all, I, I know we spent quite a bit of time on this episode speaking to this. But I do think some of the takeaways are that while people are upset and they have, you know, and everybody has the right to speech, everybody has the right to protest. It is peaceful protest. And when it stops being peaceful is when you start having problems. And I'm actually, honestly, one of the things that scares me the most, in addition to just how many, much people, one, that I think how much I think that it was white people in here that would have never been treated the same way if they were black people storming the Capitol building. I don't think like that would have been, it would have been a completely different outcome. Even people stealing the podium and like walking around zip ties. How, how would the news media and how would the, you know, conservative media have taken that? Would they've taken it's like, Oh, they're just, you know, kidding around and just kind of doing this. Oh, you know, they're just like letting some steam off and blah, 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 and just protesting. And, you know, I do not think people would have had the same reaction. So I do think that this was probably one of the greatest displays of um, just like white privilege that I, that has ever happened in this nation's history or the nation's modern history. Um, and I think that is something that has to be mentioned, has to be called out. Um, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. Actually, it's something that I texted you and then we we're going to wait to talk about it here because I yeah. at first I thought your your thought you were thinking a little different of this, but I guess we have the mm-hmm. exact same feeling that this the blatant race because uh President elect Biden has straight up called it out in one of his many good speeches of the last couple of days uh saying that this is a blatant blatant racist moment in our country of the of the most monumental degree maybe since Jim Crow in that if if it was the BLM protesters they would have been shot there would have been walls up already it would never have happened it never would have even been able to happen and if one person got in there they would have been shot dead immediately so uh that's a that's a big problem. And that's where I guess the one thing to debate, cause we like to debate here. One thing I'm curious what you think is, uh, was there a breach? Was it a purposeful breach? Because, and, and what I mean by that is did federal government and Trump and his people purposely knowing this would happen, knowing something like this would happen, knowing they were inciting this to happen. Did they, and the governor of Maryland said, he tried for 90 minutes to get a hold of federal government to send in his National Guard, a Republican governor, by the way, and he couldn't get through. So did they purposely, and, and according to the news, 
according to multiple sources, Trump was watching this smiling. Did he, did, was there a, uh, what's a, a defensive defense breach so that they basically allowed this to get bad? So it's so like, was it an inside job in a way? Yeah. I actually, I, I'm going to lean on no, because just based off of historical, right? Again, as I said earlier, you have the party of law and order. The party's been so upset at damage to buildings and everything that happened this past summer, right? The Blue Lives Matter party, right? When was the last time you could remember a rally from the right that got sort of like violent on government grounds, right? I think the last time we saw violence was in Charlottesville. Um, and that was really fucking bad. But I honestly, I would venture to say that. Well, no, there's been a lot but, since then. But like that was a, that was the of, first huge one. In but in terms of just the to the scale, I don't think anybody foresaw a bunch of these sort of Karens from the Midwest. Like, no offense if you're in the Midwest, I love the Midwest, but like you know, it's like it's like just the stereotype of these you know of just these people that are just like that aren't usually the young people putting on black masks and burning shit. They didn't expect that from this crowd, I think. I think they underestimated the rage. I don't think it was intentional. I think Trump is very happy. I think Trump was fucking palm clapping with glee. But I don't, I want to give the people and like, you know, the 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 security and everything, like the benefit of the doubt for like, for the most part. I don't know. I, I, so I'm I gonna, think people underestimated the rage. Yeah. I'm going to disagree. I believe one, Chad Wolf is whatever he is, the, head of defense or whatever that punk is uh, and Trump. I think they, there were some look the other ways knowing this was coming. And uh, because it could have been so easily prevented and has been so easily prevented in the past. So I believe, uh, I believe there was some look the other ways by some people so that this could happen knowing very well because it's on parlor it's on that site they said it was going to happen i mean yeah but there's also a lot of q anon shit on that site too so i mean it's 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 i i think we have to take everything with a grain of salt um and i think that i don't know we'll find out maybe i'm sure there'll be investigations to it but um you know we are coming to the close of our show aaron yes and i think that you know we we really wanted to dedicate this episode to a very important and disturbing moment in American history. And so what do you think? I think let's close with this. What do you think this means for the, for the rest of the year? How does this set the tone? What are some of your, your sort of predictions? Well, you know, I'll say this, that submission, I'm not going to get into submissions uh, this week because you can look at my Twitter, the Aaron Wolf by now. If you listen to the show, you're probably used to that. And I mean, wow. <laughs> I've been called every name again. I had a tweet that was a couple, a bunch of them that a lot of people shared. And just, so there is just so much hate. So it's hard to, it was actually hard to sort through what the, the nice submissions were, but we'll try to get to that next week. Um, so there's still so much hate and, uh, you know, we always say hope fulfilled, right? So that's kind of what you're leading toward, right? Hope fulfilled. We said at the end of the year, Everyone is like, I can't wait for 2020 to be over because 2021 is going to be great. And I think Rohit and I both said, it's just another day. Just wait. Hey. <laughs> well, look where we're at now. 
And, and I don't know if that's as much hope fulfilled as as much as it's like heartbreak fulfilled. But I think it's that we just, uh, you know, predict the future. But it's true. It's true. But and also, look, we've been far less, you know, we haven't brought up as much funny topics on this uh, episode because uh, this isn't funny time. This isn't joking time. But I do have hope in, in hope fulfilled. What I do love is Joe Biden's leadership through all this. Uh, I think, and I know, Roy, you've been someone who's uh, started out not being a big fan, and I think you've grown to like him. Uh, but how he's handled this and the way he's handled it and the process and how he, how he speaks and how genuine he is in the way he, what, in what I think he wants to bring to this country it gives me hope. And uh, also, thank goodness Osof and Warnock won in Georgia so that Biden can do all he needs to do to get rid of this insanity. Because now I think we see the Republican Party needs a total reworking in order to function as a party again. So those are pieces of hope fulfilled. And I hope, I hope that for the most part, this incident can unite more of the country than was united two months ago to show that we have a deranged individual who was president. He's done now, and it's time to get this country back to being America. I, I like your optimistic take, and I'm going to close with my sort of takeaways in a very dark way because I think actually this is not only I think there's two bad things that come out of this and these I think to my predictions this is gonna make 2020 seem like Disney World compared to um, 2021 if it's any indication one I think we have emboldened the the racists and I think we have given them more confidence than ever before and we saw that in display so I don't know if this is the last thing we'll see no and the I other agree. thing is I agree and the other my other prediction is this is something that's really, really dangerous for our democracy, but I do think that we are going to see an escalation of the Patriot Act. And I do think that we are going to see as a reaction to what happened um, on, you know, on Capitol Hill, I think we are going to start to see more spying, more sort of censorship and, it, you know, for the goodness and safety of our country. And that, and the Patriot Act is one of the most dangerous pieces of legislation that was passed in a sort of gut response. And I think we're going to go, we're going to see more things like that. And already the fact that, you know, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, everybody's kicking off, you know, even Reddit, they're just not only just banning the individuals that like Donald Trump and the Dan Bonginos of the world that have instigated some of the stuff, but they're literally banning just entire discussion boards and just kind of forums. And I think that this is fucking dangerous and the monitoring and the lack of privacy we're going to have as a result of things like this is truly, truly scary. And I fear for, our welfare and you know because once you in and for the future generations because once you introduce a piece of legislation like this that is such over you know sweeping sort of uh like like the patriot act did it's very hard to repeal that because people get comfortable with that with that lack of um security and privacy so uh that's my big that's my big prediction is that is that this 2021 is the year where our rights are eroded because of people being irresponsible with how they practice their rights I think, uh, uh, and it's, it's can I lead with leave leave uh, the show with the, a bit of hope based on that? Sure. Yes. Uh, I think it's two steps forward, one step back. We just took a giant step back 
further back than we ever could have imagined. And I think we need to ban some of these people for now to restore order of some kind in our country. And then slowly you can realize there are ramifications if you incite riots and potential coups. And um, you can speak all you want and talk and stuff, but you can't do this stuff in America. And so we need that step back to continue to happen with some, some ramifications. So then we can take our two steps forward again. And I believe we're in the step back to get things right again so that we can get two steps forward. And I think Trump should be banned from everything forever because this yeah. guy is pure evil. Yeah. And it's just, I, I think, you know, I think it's who is the arbiter of what's right and what's wrong. And I do not trust, I don't trust the government. If you, if you look at the DMV, the DMV is, 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 is almost a microcosm of how the government operates. And I would not trust the DMV. No offense if you work there, but just the bureaucracy that you have to go through as an employee and just the way it's, it's, but it's the customers. If you want people, if you want that sort of process applied to what is truth and how people speak, then I think that is also fucking dangerous. We do not need a ministry of truth. That is some really scary, scary stuff. But Aaron, I do have to go now and we're going to leave on that cliffhanger um, because we, we are going to have this spirited discussion continue on the next episode because I do think there's going to be lots of developments. Yes. Um, tons. So, and we hope that maybe we've given you some perspective on just how we're, where we're coming from. It's something worth discussing. Um, please write us, let us know how you think, you know, am I a complete idiot? 90% chances. Yes. <laughs> um, so, but just let us know. Um, but until then, Aaron, stay safe. And Rohit, you and stay safe too. And uh, I guarantee you we will have tons more to talk about next week. So uh, yeah. thanks for listening. We will try to bring more humor back because uh, we know this wasn't all uh, fun and games. But look, it's a weird, it's a strange week. And uh, everyone stay safe out there. And all love to all our listeners. Yes, respect, love, and talk, not violence. Thank you, guys. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show.